Welcome back to the Pocket Network Podcast, a podcast for real estate professionals to innovate their world. I'm your host, Margarita Petrosian, and each week I sit with industry professionals to talk about industry hot topics, common challenges, and so much more. This week, I have Eric Dillman with me, interior designer. Welcome, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, come on, coming on to the show so late. I know that you're three hours ahead of our time. No problem. I know the feeling. <laughs> I appreciate it. So um, let's jump right in and talk about your background and what it took to become an interior designer. Absolutely. Yeah. Since I was little, I've always been to architecture, real estate, interior design, um, taking the classes. I was thankful to be part of a school district that had a lot of classes to take so I could discover that passion that I had. And I think I'm, I'm lucky enough to be someone that has always known what they wanted to do. Um, and that, you know, that's very hard to come by that. And I was lucky enough to go to a school called um, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, which I went for um, interior design. And I've been in the industry since 2017. I was a kitchen and bath designer. I also worked for a large retail company designing store floor plans. Um, I've worked in the fabrication of countertop world as well. Um, but I also do interior design on the side, which is my passion, um, enough to make a podcast myself um, about everything in interior design, real estate, construction, everything. So I've always just had the passion for it. Yeah, and it seems like you, you've you tried every aspect of it. So that's also really good, especially for real estate when someone might need a designer's help, not only with uh, speaking to contractors, but also maybe picking out the right pillowcases to showcase a house. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm more on the interior design side where it's more architecture. I'm not doing a lot of the decorating stuff. So I found it's very nice to be part of um, in Pittsburgh. We're very close with real estate agents and on social media. It's been a really fun um, avenue to be down and just getting with them and figuring out what people are buyers are wanting and also giving us interior design feedback to the real estate agent on what we see in the market and how we could help them as well. But yeah, I'm more of helping them with layouts and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense to find your niche and what you really enjoy and what you're really good at. Um, so tell me more about your podcast. You mentioned you have an interior uh, a design podcast. Yeah. It's called pro series with Eric Dillman. Um, you could get it anywhere. Apple, Spotify. Um, I mainly started it three years ago. Um, with a real estate agent here in Pittsburgh, just as a post that I could post on my page. I wasn't even in it. I wasn't interviewing. Um, it wasn't to the scale it is now. Um, and then to, during the pandemic, I just wanted to do something. And I, I found a passion for interviewing. Um, and I followed an uh, HGTV star, um, Ward Schrader from Bargain Mansions. And it kind of just we were talking and messaging on Instagram and he was my first interview I did. Um, and I just kept doing that for about a year and a half. And then this past January, I brought it to podcast form. So I have it on YouTube podcast form. And I also post the full video on my Instagram. Um, Cause that's kind of where my popularity started and I want to make sure it's on there. So my followers could see it. 
Yeah, it's interesting where um, I've seen naturally just meeting people in the podcast where a lot of people who really love their profession, first of all, have found their passion, but are also they have some vast experience. The natural progression of their career is teaching or in your case, uh, being able to showcase other people's talents through your podcast. Exactly. And I like hearing other inspirational stories on how people got to where they are. Um, I'm interviewing HGTV stars, real estate agents. Uh, construction um, contractors, architects, and also from different countries as well. I've talked to people in London. I just talked to someone in Australia a couple weeks ago that runs an architectural firm. So it's nice to hear their side of it. Um, We're sometimes we're stuck in our world when we're here in the US. So it's kind of fun to see the other side um, of the world and what they do in the same professions that we're doing here in the US. Yeah, it's really different, especially in real estate. There's a reason why you need to get a license for every state that you would like to practice in, because there are enough changes where uh, the the profession demands a whole new license just to practice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I found, I mean, like I said, I talked to someone in London. He was a real estate agent. His name's Grant Bates. Um, If you don't follow him, you definitely follow him. He does some crazy real estate, um, his postings of the houses that he's selling. And he talked to me um, in my episode about the importance between the relationship between a real estate agent and an interior designer. Um, And I, I believe that's so true. And that's the main reason why I keep my podcast going, because I think we need to keep both of those fields together. There's there's both of those fields touch um, in so many ways. And I find so many real estate agents going into interior design and interior design going to real estate just because they're so close. Um, and we could help more people knowing both sides. Yeah, I think the two professions are definitely directly proportional because depending on how well your interior designer does, imagery is everything when selling a house. If a client can imagine their life in each room, then if if the interior designer successfully has painted that picture for them, then the real estate agent will be successful in not only getting an offer, but an offer that um, can be over the value that you expect it to get. Absolutely. It's all about collaboration. I mean, I'm big on collaborating on social media, but in the real world, real estate agents have to collaborate with online stagers. So they're talking to decorators that are doing this virtual layouts, doing the 3D walkthroughs. Um, and also like the ones that they're adding the f- um, furniture in an empty house. Yeah. It helps sell the house. You, so we all need each other for to get paid because we're both professions are pretty much all commissioned. So it's very nice to be able to have that same mindset going in and knowing that we're helping each other. And that also helps our portfolio and referral bases. Yeah. Networking is everything. That's what we believe at the pocket network. That's our entire business plan where we believe uh, there's so much power in networking that that's, what's going to drive and completely help people innovate the career, their career, no matter where they are in the beginning stages, or if they're an industry veteran. Absolutely. And as and soon as you figure that out, that's when your um, career skyrocks, skyrockets. Yeah. Most people, they go into it and they're just like, I want to do this all myself. I don't want anybody's help. Um, and once you swallow the, your, your pride on that and have actually invite the help in, you, you get so much more connections and so many more clients from those connections. So I definitely yeah. everybody to think about that. 
Yeah, instead of uh, seeing people as competition, it's so much easier to build a, a team with those people. So whether you're going to make money um, off each client together or not, uh, eventually just the referrals from these people, if it's something they can't do, or if they meet someone in your location where um, I'm in California, you're in, in Pennsylvania, maybe I'll be able to refer a client through you and just through something simple, simple like networking through this podcast. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's, I completely agree. Yeah. So uh, one of the questions I had for you was, uh, you know, we live in a very technological world now. Are there any softwares that you rely on or that make your life a lot easier? Ooh, softwares. I mean, I, I worked with a company called Foyer Neo. Um, they're based here in actually in Philly, um, but they're a rendering program there. It's very easy and quick to render a design for a, a client, but I also use 2020 and Revit and CAD, kind of really everything, um, whatever. I mean, they're all so different for all of our per job. So if some customers don't even need a quick rendering, but obviously I need to use the CAD and the Revit for actual floor plans and construction documents. Yeah, that makes sense. It's by, by um, different projects, right? Different. Absolutely. Yeah, and I use um, an app called Canva as well. Uh, I a lot of real estate agents use it as well, but yeah. I think it's something when you're trying to market yourself on social media, it is the perfect app for that. It's It makes life so easy. Oh yeah, it makes everything. They already have the templates for you. If you're bad at technology and marketing yourself, it's the most simple app for you. Yeah, yeah. And then um, with Canva, it's also easier for people like us at the Popkin Pop Network where um, we can make our own uh guides and templates and easily real estate agents out there can just log on um, after purchasing our template, just put in their photo, their uh, their logo, whatever it is, and be able to use the exact same thing. They don't have to pay someone to replicate it. They don't have to try to replicate it themselves if they don't have the time, the resources, or the, um, the knowledge to do it. So I, I, I agree with you on Canva. And if any of the other softwares you mentioned work uh, as well as that, it's definitely saving a lot of time. Oh yeah, definitely. And then um, I, I think I sent you uh, ahead of time um, the uh, Augment Texture app to look into it. Did you have a chance to look at that? I have not been able to, no. Okay, it's fine. We'll talk about that another time, but um, we had uh, the the one of the co-founders of the Augment Texture app on the podcast as well. And I was so fascinated by the capabilities. So I wanted to share that with you as well. I definitely need to look into that. Yeah, I will do that after this call. Okay, perfect. So um, for your podcast, so other than uh, interior designers, real estate agents, um, is there mm -hmm. anyone else in the real estate industry that you have on the podcast? Yeah, so I mean, I try to go real estate agents from all over the country, different states, um, and then different countries as well, just to get different sides of it. And everybody has a different story on how they got into it. It's very interesting. Real estate, I feel like so many people have had corporate jobs before this or a mom and pop shop or something that made them want to get into real estate. So that's always so interesting to me to fit, like hear that. And hopefully that inspires some other people out there to get into real estate or design or whoever I'm interviewing then. But I've, I do a lot of with HGTV stars. I've done, like I said, Ward Schrader, um, Carrie Lachlan from Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Um, and I've done a couple other, um, Shay Holland, which is on Unfinished Business. So I like doing that as well, because obviously HGTV is a huge thing. Um, DIY yeah. 
all those things are so big. So it's nice to hear those stories, um, inspiring designers, inspiring contractors that want to be on TV one day. It's kind of fun to hear that side of the story and how they got into the business. Um, yeah, in such a concentrated market, it's it's very interesting to know if there's anything these people have in common that got the uh, the directors or producers' attention. Uh, can you think of something off the top of your head, or is there anything at all in common? Well, it seems like most of them just come out of nowhere when they get discovered. Um, it's kind of they are just doing their jobs, and it's like word of mouth. Maybe their client knows a producer, or their friend knows a producer. Um, and it's just really, networking. yeah, networking again, it gets you everywhere. Um, yeah. And it's just like, you never know. You always have to be nice to everybody, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. They could be your boss. They could be your producer. They might know someone. So it's always yeah, never. A lot of us can say that um, where we first started off working, we definitely didn't know where we would end up eventually in our career. So mm -hmm. there's probably so many people in all of our lives that um, we talked to and we had direct contact with that could possibly help us now, but we didn't recognize that at the moment and we didn't build that relationship. Absolutely. And I've talked about that with some on some of my episodes and they've also talked about how they, it's very important to them to make sure they get, stay in contact with people that are just getting started because they remember that they started at zero at one point um, and making sure that they give advice to people. You know, sometimes it's hard with their inbox and their DMs going crazy with all these people, but they try yeah. to get artists. And it's very important when you get to a very successful level to also help out others because they're looking to be you one day and they're looking up to you. So you should take that um, with great pride and help them out. Yeah, and that's one way to look at it. That's the right way to look at it, in my opinion. But then we also see a lot of people trying to hog all this, the the light, basically. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've definitely had my share of mean messages back to me asking to be on my podcast or um, no. other, like, you know, I won't get into that, but I've yeah. probably gotten to a little bit of that as well. But people are mean on social media and emailing, so... It's so easy to be mean when you're not face to face with the person. Exactly. Especially yeah. being in the public eye. It's, I just can't believe anybody would want to do that because your image could be torn very easily. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's someone that um, forget about so social media. If they rely on television, oof, they yeah. might not get a gig soon enough. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about um, just specifically into real estate, how interior designers can help real estate agents, because I feel like um, with our targeted audience, that's what they're going to be more interested in. Um, so, so I have some, uh, some specific and some general questions for you. So um, I wanted to know, um, are there any specific, specific color combos or palettes that you have identified that could uh, possibly sell a home better? Yeah, definitely stay neutral, um, I think trying to take the personality out of the home as much as possible, take the hominess out of it. Not completely, but make it make tan walls, white walls, whatever, make it a blank state. So someone else could come in and actually visualize themselves in the home. It's hard yeah. to have bright pink walls um, in a bedroom. So definitely do that. Um, and it also helps out to not have as much furniture in it. Um, make it as big as possible. Uh, and, and just making sure aesthetically, Aesthetically, it looks good. Look, watch shows, look at magazines, figure out what the house should look like and what's appealing to the people um, 
nowadays. And, and that's something I always ask realtors too, like what are buyers looking for? Because I have clients that come to me saying they want to sell in five years. And what should I do? What should I, what are people looking for in their homes? And that's when I go to real estate agents and ask them, what is everybody looking for? Is it open concept still? Um, so it kind of goes both ways, making sure you reach out both sides. Yeah, money is very important. So if your buyers already know that they're selling, it's very smart of them to plan ahead and let you know so that they can incorporate the changes over the next five years instead of being faced with upfront fees last second or losing out on some income that they could have made selling the house because no one really wants what they have. Absolutely. And that's a question any interior designer talking on or listening to this podcast, that's a question you should ask every single client. How long do you feel like you'll be in this home? Because that will determine how you design the house, um, how you go about and design, you know, the kitchen or the bathroom, those big ticket items in the home. Um, so you're not hurting them in the long run when they go out and sell the home. Yeah, I was recently watching one of those HGTV shows. I'm horrible with names and I've just barely started watching. So um, I don't remember the name of the show, but uh, they were looking at this home and they had uh, their bathroom was supposed to look like a cave. And then they had a random in the workout room. They had like an actual uh, like a pyramid set up. It was supposed to be some sort of temple. I don't know, but it was all made out of concrete. So imagine someone trying to purchase that home. Imagine breaking down all that concrete, how much damage it would do to possibly even the foundation of the home. So as you say that, I'm just thinking of all these crazy examples of things, people that go a little too far further than a typical person. Pink walls are nothing compared to that. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you follow um, Zillow's Gone Wild on social media, but it's... I don't. I shut down. Yeah, it's just an account that posts crazy homes listed all over the world. And they're like situations like that. Like the other day I posted on my story, they decorated their whole entire house as like the Friends TV show set. So they had oh murals on the wall, everything like that. Um, so they're posting crazy homes like that all the time. With that though, at least with Friends, there's literally millions of people out there that are obsessed with the show. So possibly you could still get away with selling that to a very specific audience. But how many people can you think of that want uh, a pyramid in a random room made right. out of concrete? Exactly. And then uh, the cave bathroom, honestly, for me, it seemed pretty cool. I don't want it in my my house, but it seemed pretty cool. So I can get over that if the entire house, the rest of the house is perfect. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some clients out there that will, that was a, that will deter them to go away from that house easily. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so another question for you. Um, since we're talking about money and spending money on everything, um, so money in isn't always money out. So what would you, what would be the most financially um, efficient renovation that people can make onto their home so um, so that they can eventually make the most money out of it when they resell? Yeah, I mean, I'll go first on what people usually think of. People usually think of, let me, I'll put granite countertops or quartz countertops in my kitchen for resale when their cabinets are crap and they're like original from like the 1950s or something like that, that are falling apart. Don't do that. That's going to hurt you in the long run. Um, you're forcing the person coming into your house to completely redo the kitchen when you just put all this money into your countertops. Yeah. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. Exactly. And then I found a lot of people that just put floor on top of floor on top of floor. 
So definitely don't cheap your way out because it will hurt you in the long run. Um, it could, could cause you to not fail the inspection. Um, but a quick, easy one would be painting it, but painting it yourself. Obviously, you're not hiring someone that would be fortune, but definitely lighten it up. Um, look at Make it look bigger. Lighter the color makes the room a lot bigger. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Make sure and it doesn't smell as well. Maybe carpet cleaning, um, something like that. Um, but if you are going to do a remodel, going cheap with your budget, you might as well just not do it. Um, yeah. Just maybe give them a stipend when they're buying the house or just say it to have your real estate, say it um, at an open house. They know that the kitchen needs to be done, but they didn't want to cheap, cheap their way out to cause the sale. So definitely choose your battles and think of the long run and don't make those mistakes I said. Yeah. And then just uh, consulting with a professional like yourself, some people yeah. might see it as a waste of money, but look at all we're learning through what, what, how, how long has it been a 10 minute podcast through just two quick questions. But then if someone is ready to sell, who's ready to listen to the advice in a one hour phone call or a face-to-face -face meeting, you can give them advice that would completely raise the value of their home. Oh, absolutely. It's never, it's ne doesn't hurt to say, just ask a question. What, the worst thing they could say is no. And just ask someone else. You're asking the wrong person if they're going to say no. So yeah, definitely ask. Yeah. And then um, I think you pointed out for two different examples, um, you said about the, the furniture, so less furniture and lighter walls to do one thing, make the home bigger. So I think yeah. that's a really great point and it makes complete sense. I wasn't, I hadn't thought of that ahead of time, but as you say it, if, if a home looks bigger to me, it would be definitely much more appealing as a buyer. So um, I think that's something to point out to realtors, something that they could totally do without wasting too much money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a big thing. Okay. And then uh, for, for your business, uh, with all the supply, uh, like shortages and expenses, the, how expensive everything got, has that affected your business directly? I'm assuming the answer is yes. It has in lead time. Obviously, you know, something you could get in six to eight weeks is now, you know, months and months later, um, which hurts. But still, the COVID has caused more people to be in their home. So it caused more people to hate their homes more. So they're wanting more work done on their home. So it has made you us busier, but it has added more headache because of how long it's taking. Um, sure. Yeah. In the beginning, a lot of, obviously a lot of people were mad about it, but for the most part, people are understanding now that, that there's huge lead times and freight is crazy right now. So. Yeah, I think at this point, we're all so used to it that it's not even a question of if, but we say, okay, how long do you think it'll take? And let's add a buffer to that just in case how much longer has it taken in previous orders. I was oh. recently trying to buy a couch and the guy said, um, someone else has ordered, come back in two months and you'll see it on the floor before they come pick it up. Two months later, I call, he said, give me two more months. So now I'm thinking, is it going to take four, six or eight months if I were to order my own couches from this guy? And yeah. obviously it's not his fault. And we are becoming so much more understanding. I understand mm -hmm. how a client can get so frustrated, but this is uh, such a big issue. It's not just a company uh, specific issue. So clients yeah. are definitely more understanding and they plan accordingly once you're upfront and very transparent about these, these timelines. Absolutely. And it's exactly just understanding. I know. 
I actually bought a couch like halfway through COVID and I, it took about six to eight months to get. And wow. it was only because of the coils in the couch were on back order. That's the only thing, the whole oh couch. Is that. So it's understanding that there's bits and pieces of like a cabinet or something that will delay the project and not just the whole entire ma material and product of that project. Yeah. Yeah. And my next question was going to be when you do work with real estate agents now due to these delays, um, is there anything that you do like uh, basically to make it a softer, um, I don't know, uh, to let them know in a way where they won't be upset with you? Um. I mean, most of the time I'm not with the real realtor when I do that. Um, it's more of just the client, um, okay. but it can do, it can make them even more upset because they want to sell the house real quickly. So how can they sell the house if it's six months down the road, they, can, they can't get their product in. Um, but obviously that would make the realtor mad just because of they're not getting the commission. But that's again, building connections with them and having a relationship with them to, to have that understanding with each other that, there's going to be the delays. You, you need to think about it. Maybe there's a, a quick fix that you could just put in for the time being um, to help sell the, sell the house quickly. Because um, I know with this hot market, you want to sell as fast as possible and they're going as fast as possible and you want to make sure you get the right money. So maybe just thinking outside of the box on my end, trying to figure out what they could do. Yeah, and I think uh, that's really important. Even though the answer may be no, you won't get it in time, you're able to give them another plan to, to continue to move forward with what they what they what their ultimate goal is, which is to sell the home. Exactly. Give them some reason. Don't just say no. Just always give them a reason as well and yeah. why it is. And with, uh, with selling a home, do you think interior or exterior design is more important? Oh, both extremely important. Um, curb appeal is huge. Um, you obviously, landscaping is my biggest thing when I'm looking at a house, um, just the cosmetic look of it. But the interior, I feel like a lot of people are nowadays looking at the most. Um, I see a lot of people want to do come in and have a nice kitchen, have the nice bathroom. And then other than that, they're fine. You know, they could live in it. Um, but in my opinion, if I'm looking at a house, it's interior. Um, but it, I still want to be able to put my little design to it, giving my career. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're both extremely important. Well, I completely agree with you just because uh, it's just like a car. If the inside has all the technological advancements, you're not standing outside your car staring at it most of the time. Yeah. So you would you could possibly sacrifice that until you can afford to fix the outside too. Exactly. Yeah, you're spending most of the time inside and you want it to feel like a home. That's the biggest thing. If you walk into a house and it feels like a, from a horror movie from the, you know, the eighties, you're not going to want to buy it. So and imagine just living in a house while there's dust everywhere and people coming in and out. That's also just stressful on its own. I'd rather if there's going to be dustiness and people coming in and out there, they work on the outside of the home. So that also uh, makes sense. And in today's market, you honestly can't be that picky. So if the inside of the house is nice, I say you go for it and then you slowly work with a designer to fix the outside however you want it to be. Exactly. I completely agree with that. <laughs> Okay. And then another question for you personally. So do you like remodeling more or new construction? Oh, remodeling it. New construction's fun, but 
it's hard to be, it's so much the puzzle piecing and like the creative process around remodeling and the challenges of, you know, low bearing walls and stuff is just a lot more fun to me. Um, and listening to my customers, asking questions to figure out ways to make their home work for them is more fun. I mean, sometimes it's fun to go on a blank slate, but it's also more money to do that. So it's harder to do the crazy designs that you could do in an existing home that you're remodeling. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, it sounds like you chose the harder way, which also makes sense if you love your job. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely easier. I mean, they both have their challenges, but it's easier to start from a blank slate when you're designing. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, for, for your business, again, very specific question. Um, how do you generate most of your business? Is it through Instagram? Is it through um, a, a more traditional method of marketing? Yeah, it's all social media based. So it, mostly Instagram is my biggest part. Um, yeah, I, I can't stress enough. If you're a designer, real estate agent, all of our fields are so visual. So make sure you're on Instagram or, you know, Facebook as well, because that's a different um, age group that uses Facebook mostly, but Instagram is so big for our industry. Um, yeah. and that's also yeah, and with the algorithms, they're boosting things that look pleasant. So if you're posting beautiful homes, then they're going to boost your business even without you paying for the, the extra marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And a thing I've learned is staying consistent on Instagram. You know, you definitely get lost in the algorithm if you're only posting once a month. So making sure you pencil in time to actually go on Instagram and build the connections so you can get referrals and people reach out to you to get new jobs. So for your content, so do you schedule ahead? How do you manage your, your, uh, your time with that? Oh yeah. So it's all scheduled mostly. Um, but a lot of my podcasts I'm doing like, like, you probably do as well, four or five episodes of I have in my back pocket. So I'm working two months ahead of time um, just so because, you know, life happens, work can get stressful. You need to have this stuff scheduled. And um, that's the only way I could stay consistent. I tried to do weekly posts by figuring it out the day of, and that just never worked out for me. Um, That's really stressful. And also just with times, we know that with social media, especially depending on your audience, there are some peak times where more people are online. And if you're busy at that moment, then you just sacrifice some um, some business, basically. That's what it comes out to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely figure out a time that you can get through those peak times because those are huge. Um, you could be I know I've done some social media consulting with some people and they just go on at night and that's a hard time because people are usually logged off at that time they're with their family yeah. so you could be burning your wheels just spinning around um trying to do something that you're not going to get anything out of so definitely yeah. times you could be making the best content you can be targeting the perfect audience but if you're not posting at the right time timing could be everything oh exactly and definitely know your audience as well um, I know once you become a creator account on Instagram, you get that that content. Like you know how much by gender and by area and by time. So making sure you know that and knowing your followers is going to allow you to get more success in the, the um, social media and also get more jobs. Yeah, and uh, that's a really good point that you made because Instagram 
They obviously want you to be on. They want you to be posting and getting as much engagement as possible because that benefits them too. So they really do have a lot of tools built in that help you with your business. So um, even before becoming a creator, if you just make your account into a business account, all of a sudden you have so much more insight to um, tools, to the ads, to um, uh, it also gives you some, some information on activity on your, your followers, when, uh, when they're posting, when they're on, when they're liking, it also tells you, uh, what else, uh, week by week, how well you were doing. So if you do want to measure how successful something is, you can totally one week, try out one, one strategy, second week, try out something else, and then look at the results on, uh, the, the insights. So Instagram really, really, truly is amazing. And, as just a social network. I say that with quotations because it's so much more, but they give you so much. Um, it, and you don't, you don't even pay for it. Oh, People exactly. This information. It's free marketing. So like, why not do it? And yeah. it's free to work. So, I mean, you could obviously hire someone to do it, but in the beginning, you don't have any money to do that. It's easy, free marketing. And something I, I stress a lot is knowing, like, if you're not getting a lot of likes or a lot of, followers or anything don't give up staying consistent is big i know sometimes i'll post and i don't get that many likes but i look at my insights and my um stats on the post and it shows me how many people have seen it and that's enough for me like i don't care about the likes if i reach that many people and they actually physically saw my post that's enough for me yeah and with that being said, there's a lot of people that honestly, it's weird. I say this from person, like personally, I sometimes forget to like stuff. I, I look at it. I enjoy it. I'll share it with people or I'll at that moment, walk over to someone and show them. And yeah. I forget. So now that we have our business Instagram and um, we're managing it ourselves, now I'm more purposeful. I'm like, oh, my God, I like this content. So I will physically like it and sometimes even comment just to show these people that what you're doing, first of all, it's coming to the right audience. But also you're doing really good. And I want to see more of that specific content. Yeah. And it makes someone's day if you, you're liking their posts or commenting on them, especially when they're starting out because they could feel I mean, we've all felt defeated at some point in our career. So you never know what they're going through behind the screen. And that could just make someone's day. And that could be a producer one day or some whatever, whoever yeah. that's going to be. Lost. So it's nice to make sure you're also helping out others with that. And like they say, practice makes perfect. So even if you're not doing well, even if not too many people are seeing it, continue adjust based on what um, your research or look at what other people are doing in the industry. And then soon you will be so good at it. And like, like Eric just said, people will start to notice one day a producer will notice your content. Maybe if they look at it today, they won't be very impressed, but if you keep continue doing what you're doing and mm -hmm. adjusting, most important changing, if it doesn't work, then mm -hmm. um, one day you might have your own podcast and call people like Eric. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Don't feel free to reach out to people as well that, that you're admiring their account. Um, just even messaging them saying that you love their account is says wonders to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that it's become a meme on Instagram. I don't know if you can call it a meme if it's a video, but it says uh, small businesses when anyone purchases anything from them or uh, messages them. And then there's these girls that they quickly hide under the register. They do a little dance, give each other a high five. And that yeah. is completely true.
Yeah, definitely. Because most of these small businesses, they start with with the members uh, or the creators, founders, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's they have a, a full time job during the day and they're exhausted, but they continue working all through the night because it's something they're passionate about um, and they love doing it. Absolutely. And it gets them so much more satisfaction when you're commenting and reaching out to something that they feel passionate about. And it's not like the job yeah. that they are just doing to get their goal dream job. So definitely help them out with that as well. Yeah, exactly. So um, let, let's move back into specifics of how interior design can help realtors. Um, so just to remind our audience that uh, using a, an interior designer can really benefit not just your client, but also at the end of the day, the commission that you're making on a property. So um, let's talk about building plans. How about we, we, we talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. Can interior design um, plans change building plans? Um, you mean by like the constructual documents? Yeah. So let's say you have a client coming to you who wants to do like the open concept. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't really know anything about construction, but based on what else they're doing in the house, do you have to either disappoint them or make more changes to what they were originally planning to do? Yeah. I like, always, I like to always say that anything's possible if you have enough money for it. Um, but if they're doing like, if they want the open concept, I would have to bring out one of the contractors that I work with to figure out if that's even possible um, in, in their budget. Um, a lot, I mean, the open concept is a huge deal for a lot of people um, for um, doing a remodel or making their house their home. Um, yeah. but that could drastically change what they think about the house and if they even want that house. Yeah. So, so basically the answer is yes. And that's where more networking happens and you have to call in a contractor. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Engineer contractor. Um, yeah. And that's, that's another thing. Um, I talked to real estate if they, if they want me to come out beforehand and just look at the house and if they say, can this kitchen do this, can this do this? And they could say it in their open house. Well, I've talked to an interior designer. We could do this, or I could do a rendering and show them, well, this could be your kitchen. So that's another benefit, the relationship between a real estate agent and a um, interior designer, figuring out how show future clients, well, this is, could be an option if you wanted it to be, um, and kind of give them probably a ballpark price just to figure out if they could do that when they move in, or if that's a goal, if they buy the house. Yeah, knowledge truly is power. So the more knowledgeable the agent seems, uh, the buyer is more likely to actually uh, go through with the transaction with that person. Absolutely. Okay, perfect. And then, so we talked about how uh, real estate agents should work with an interior designer because they can increase the resale value of their home. Um, and then another thing with, we just talked about knowledge and uh, not let's go further into that, not making mistakes with any remodels if you're trying to do it on your own. So you can actually save a ton of money by hiring a professional that has the insight and the industry, well, uh, the specific knowledge to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. So, I know a lot of people that are getting ready to sell a home and they, they're going to do the kitchen, their bathroom, and they feel like they'll be their own general contractor, save money. So they'll, they'll actually hire people to do the jobs but they're going to hire different people to do like the plumbing and all that stuff. And in reality, you're wasting a lot of time. You're wasting money because you're hiring more people. There's more fees to it. Um, so it's just the general knowledge of knowing 
if you hire the correct person that could do everything, do that. And or they, they might know someone that could help you out. So make sure because that could bite you in the butt. You cannot get your house on the market in time or it could just be a domino effect. Yeah. Or they could just communicate exactly what you want to the contractor, because if, if you were to leave that up to me, I would not know what words to use. If he talked about plumbing, I would not know what that means if I'm getting a fair deal. But to have a middleman to not only communicate exactly what you're imagining in your head, but mm -hmm. also be able to make sure that you are getting a fair deal on it. That's also something important, because if, if a contractor came into my house and told me, I don't know, painting it costs $8,000. I know that's ridiculous, but um, I know that now because I've had to hire someone for that, but I would have believed it ahead of time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. I mean, one room, like one tiny little room, $8,000. I would have believed you. Yeah. That's nuts. I mean, I've had a client that um, wanted to save some money and do the kitchen themselves. So they bought the material from me, but they put the kitchen in very bad. The cabinets were lined, so they couldn't get countertops. So they had to end up hiring someone to redo it all. So that's again, you're you're gonna bite yourself in the butt and actually yeah. hire more people and spend more money. So and how not, stressful yeah. is that? If that's not your profession, just learning to do it and then trying to keep whatever line straight or whatever it is he was doing, yeah. I could never. I don't even want to try it. Exactly. YouTube could teach you a lot of things, but they can't teach you everything. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so for for the contractors, you were also saying how um, if you were to hire someone, they could hire all of these people and bring it to your home so you don't have to uh, reach out to these different types of uh, contractors separately. So um, with that, technically, if you have, as an interior designer, if you have connections, you could possibly get, let's say, someone to put in cabinets at a, at a slightly discounted price as then if I were to uh, just hire them as a one-time thing to do my kitchen. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, that's definitely correct. Okay, so then now applying all of those discounts, basically paying your interior designer does not come out to be that much more expensive than if you were to do this on your own. Not to mention they're managing everything. So you're saving a lot of time. Now count in how much money do you make hourly, the hours and the stress that you're going to save. It's actually much, much cheaper to hire an interior designer once you count all of that in. Oh, 100%. And you t if you tell them, like if you tell an a good interior designer that's not going to take advantage of you, that comes with every profession. There's going to be someone that's going to take, there's a bad egg everywhere. But if you tell them your budget, they're going to figure out what, that you could do and do even more in it. Um, I've had so many clients come to me do kitchens that only have a certain amount of money and they get so much more than they actually thought because there is so many more discounts that designers know about that aren't publicly information for a regular homeowner. So that's another way to save money is getting that information from a designer and having them do it for you. Yeah. And then realistically, when you own your home, there's going to be uh changes or implementations that you want to make year round. So imagine trying to do all of that on your own. That's a whole part-time or even maybe full-time job on the side if you're going to try to do it yourself completely. Exactly. It's a lot of stress, not on you, but also on your family. Yeah. It's, um, it's also dangerous to have a construction site, living in a construction site for months on end. Yeah. And imagine just applying the same amount of time that, and energy that that would take into a side business or even just hanging out with the family, how much you can develop those relationships and uh, honestly, how much more at peace you would feel inside. Exactly.
Yeah, put a monetary value on that. Yeah, and I think you see that a lot on a lot of you know household things. Obviously, a huge thing now, and you see that a lot when people just want to do everything themselves. Um, but it's okay to flip the house and get a general contractor to sell that. I mean, you don't want to sit on the house for long. That's the whole point. You want to flip it fast, correctly, um, to get your money out of it. And if you do it yourself, you're it's it's not physically possible to flip a whole house in two months by yourself. So I mean, it's okay to ask for help and yeah. get the right help. And to get the look that you're actually imagining is yes. to get beautiful results. And then beautiful is basically what sells in the real estate industry. Let's be completely honest. Exactly. And a lot of people don't know what that they have a vision in their head, but they can't explain it. They can't pick stuff out to get that in that vision. And that's what a designer is there for to ask the good questions. If a designer is not asking you questions, you should fire them because they're not doing their job. It's, it should feel like an interview um, to figure out what you truly want um, and have them not design, they're designing for you and not for their portfolio. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the designer, again, like you said, based on your budget, there's so many different things that I've been learning lately. Um, obviously, I learned on Instagram, so I don't know how reliable it is, but I've heard that with um, uh, the marble counters in the kitchen, you don't necessarily have to get like real stone. You can do something cheaper, like I think they said resin or something. That's something that you're designing designer can tell you and your designer would be able to tell you how long that'll last. So then you can weigh the benefits. Maybe I can take out a small loan or whatever it is to do the real stone. And then I don't have to change it for X amount of years. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point because everybody wants that marble look and they automatically want to go buy marble um, when marble is actually horrible for a kitchen because how porous and brittle it is. So a lot of people get the quartz and what you're saying with the resin is, the resins in the court. So the marble lookalikes is the way you want to go because you don't want to be worrying about if you chip the countertop from dropping your phone on the countertop. You don't want to do that. So knowing that information from a designer is key. Yeah, I completely agree. So I hope with this podcast, we've we've proven to the listeners, anyone that's new in the industry that was kind of debating whether or not they should go with a designer. I hope we've proven that, you know, these people they would completely benefit from uh, hiring an interior designer. And then um, hopefully once I also get a little more experience speaking to all these realtors, when I have more specific questions that our audience wants to hear from you, we can have you back on the, uh, the podcast and we can get talking more because I think we, we already have so much in interesting information just in this, what was it, one hour? Close to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Thank yeah. you so much. No problem. Ask. Yeah, I'll come on whenever. I mean, that's always a fun thing to talk about. And I like teaching people about my profession. Yeah. And everything you said, I could completely understand. And I'm not a realtor or <laughs> a contractor or whatever else in the industry. So it was great. Clients would be able to see if someone is listening that would want to hire you exactly how easy it is to work with an interior designer. You don't have to really know much. You just can show them a photo of what you like. Exactly. Okay, perfect. And then for, for Eric's social media, for everyone watching at home, we will link all of his social media down below and a link to his podcast so that you're able to also listen to what he's been doing, what he's been working on. Thank you so much, Eric, for joining us. And uh, for everyone at home, uh, just as we always say, change begins at home. So whether that's change in remodeling your home or changing your business plan, start today.